This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. One win in nine has turned in to back-to-back wins away from home. Back on the horse. Back in the game. Welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. Yeah, it was a weird one, Dave, wasn't it, last week? Because um, last time we spoke, it was just drawn to, drawn to West Brom and we were kind of positive about the performance. A little bit frustrated, but hard to be frustrated with it, with this bunch. And they have paid us back beautifully with a seven-point win and two away wins since, Dave. Yeah, brilliant. Absolutely. I think we did. We spoke this time last week. And yeah, I think it was all tinged with a... All right, we were up because of the very, very late equaliser against West Brom, but... Overall, I think the general feeling was perhaps we should have got all three points there. And um, yeah, I think I was saying to you, oh, what do you think Millwall, Ben? You, you know, you know Millwall, we've been to Millwall a lot. Yeah, if we get on top, will the crowd turn and stuff like that? You know, we, we spoke about this. And um, yeah, obviously a very, very comfortable win midweek against, oh, I've got to say, we're very, very poor Millwall. Good crikey, they could go. I, I hate to say it, they could go. And um, uh, yeah, and obviously yesterday, just a totally different, totally different performance and a, and a real a real battle and um yeah it's just brilliant to come away with the three points i mean joe first must have been was it wasn't an open end i, I hope joe was it well i there's sort of two tiers and there's sort of a there's about 10 rows at the front and then a big gap and then sort of 20 rows behind that and i was i was in the front i was sort of the back row of the front tier but at times it was so swirly the rain it was almost like raining into me even though there's a roof above you it's sort of raining into you so every now and again the sort of the hood had to keep going up as the wind changed direction it's, uh, there it sounded like it was even wet by Welsh standards, wasn't it? It was a biblical, wasn't it? Most of the most of the day, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it just did not stop raining, and the pitch was so heavy by the end. At one point, there was a corner, and it was really quiet. And everyone was standing still, and as they started to run, it was just like squelch, squelch, squelch as all the players moved on. It, yeah, it was a real, real tough conditions. I've seen a bit of it. The ball seemed to run, though. Sorry, but I just chat. The ball didn't seem there wasn't any danger. Do you think of any point? No, it's very not... true. The, the goal mouth. At the in front of the Ipswich fans, obviously couldn't see the other one was getting pretty bad towards the end of it mm. when they were in it. So I assume it's the same the other way at the yeah. other end. But it, the pitch was still pretty true, but it just the water was just not getting off the surface at all. 
On behalf of the podcast, I'd like to apologise to the country of Wales and say thank you for all of our good attacking players um, for provi- for providing them. Uh, that's not very fair on Conor Chapman, is it? But, uh, it doesn't always was okay. The weather was okay until literally we got on the Seven Bridge and then it just started raining. Oh, yeah. It didn't stop until we got just back the other side of the Seven Bridge coming the other way. If my If my word count here was like, you know, possession stats here. Has a host ever had such a low word count in the, in the first three minutes of a podcast? Talking I need to say stuff. welcome, guys. Welcome to all the um, all the people listening live and in the chat. Do make your feelings known. We'll put some of them up during the show and we will go whole hog to you guys for the Q&A segment after we've looked at the championship stuff. We're reading all your comments and we're loving all of your input. If you're listening, listening, listening after the fact, uh, we appreciate the hell out of you. Go and give us a five-star review as well. Right, uh, let's get into this then. Teams, uh, let's go to Dave uh, Hlacky in goal. It was Clark, Wolfenden, Burgess, Davis. This rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Morsi, Luongo. Interesting. Hutchinson, Chaplin and Broadhead. Kiefer Moore, only one position really on the right wing to talk about, I guess, Dave. Yeah, and I, and I think so. And um, I don't think any great surprise. Hutchinson was very good at Millwall, wasn't he? Um, and the rotation yesterday was obviously Chaplin, Chaplin, um, Chaplin coming in for Burns. The um, back four pretty much well picked itself again. Clean sheet against Millwall, so that sort of picked itself. Perhaps there was some talk. I think maybe of Luongo might have missed out yesterday. Maybe um, Travis might have got might have got a start yesterday. But yeah, obviously Luongo played yesterday, and yeah, what I saw of it was just magnificent. Best game he's had for a, a while, actually. Perhaps you know the conditions played into his favour a bit. But yeah, no, no great surprises really. You got anything to add to that, Joe? Or shall I go straight onto Swansea side? Yeah, nothing really to add. It was only the sort of queries in the free game week but I assume the maybe the following game is the one mm. that struggles because I know it's easy to make excuses if you lose but when you when you look at that team we played Wednesday night away at Millwall they played Tuesday night at home to Leeds so they're back effectively in their own beds Tuesday night Wednesday Thursday Friday where we had effectively get back from London very early hours of Thursday morning traveling to Wales Friday so it was a real quick turnaround for that and it onto that heavy pitch as well. It was, yeah, impressive on that in that regard. It was a bit of a worry, actually, because I, I sort of watched the um, the clip on YouTube of McKenna being interviewed and it sounded like it was Friday afternoon and they'd just, you know, done a little bit of, done a little bit of team shape, little, little tune-up and off you go again. But, hey, um, this team knows how to win. Uh, Swansea, Rushworth in goal, who we came up very stubbornly against um, with Lincoln. Uh, last city Norton, you can still find him, and Timon are the fullbacks. Uh, Wood and Cabango are the centre backs. Uh, pretty high caliber by Championship stand, um, midfield pair of Joe Allen and Matt Grimes. Uh, Jamie Patterson, you can still find him. Ollie Cooper, is that the guy Ronald? Yeah, Ronald Pereira. They bought a Brazilian called Ronald, but not Ronaldo. Uh, Jerry Yates up top, who uh, we were linked with. Um, a fair few times in the summer amongst the um, George Hurst stuff. Um, thoughts, Joe? Fears on that eleven? Well, you know, they, you know the sort of calibre of midfielders they've got there that they can control the ball, can't they? And control possession. And if if it's a team that got ahead in the game, they're probably a team that could just retain the ball and make it very, very difficult for us. So that was always the worry there. Any anything to add, Joe, on the Swansea lot? No, no, not really. Just that and. 
sort of interested to see Ronald in the flesh or run yeah, out right. as he was uh, announced as. So I think I meant to say anything to add, Dave. Um, um, but... Well, the only thing, no, I, I didn't notice whether he was on the bench or not. Now, Jamal Lowe, who I always quite liked and was very good, I thought, at Portman Road earlier in the season. But, um, did, he, did he figure on the bench? I didn't notice. No. No, Muscle so. injury. Football oh, okay. says he'll be back in early March of 2024. There you go. Well, perhaps that's not such a bad, wasn't such a bad thing yesterday, except whenever I've seen him play, I've always really rated him. So, yeah, other than that, no, good to see Kyle Norton still chugging along at, what, 36, is he, whatever he is? We have a 37-year-old goal scorer this round in the in the championship, but I think we all know who um, who that is. Uh, Joe, really, really good start. Yeah, and it was it was all us really in the in the start. It was another one of those referee letting a lot go in the sort of physical action, and maybe because of the conditions there. But I think the first real chance of the game falls to Leif Davis after a good bit of work, and he hammers it a goal to keep it tips it over. Then the other way, Cameron Burgess has a header at goal. And really, we've, we've sort of totally dominated at this stage, other than a couple of set pieces. And then sort of leads you on to the first goal. It's a sort of simple throw-in from Harry Clark to Broadhead, who sort of pushes it forward. And what we'd been looking at previously is how high Swansea's line is. And Hutchinson does well to fight to win the goal from time. Strong! And just, pokes, just pokes it through yeah. and Broadhead just flies onto it. And he was very, very far clear, had a lot of, had a lot of time to go with there and sort of managed to pick out in a nice finish but we'd been excellent down that right hand side Hutchinson getting on the ball a lot driving forwards positive Harry Clark the sort of the speed and the power that he runs past him with and I think Hutchinson found him a few times there was a, a couple of lovely little moves playing out from the back but yeah no great to go one it up and Broadhead that's after a after Norwich game he seemed to lose a bit of confidence didn't he after that game and but the last um, sort of four games I think he got an assist for Kiefer Moore one game and then he scored the next three games after that and maybe it wasn't his confidence that was down it was not having a big number nine to play off to occupy the space because it's under George Hurst he's done really well and as soon as Kiefer Moore has come into the team in three and a half games he's had four goal contributions in that time. Amen and um, Dave I think I can quote Marcus Stewart and Dennis Bergkamp in one go here when we had um, when we interviewed Marcus Stewart he said I, I asked him when you're going through and you've got a lot of time do you go to something pre-prepared? I'm going to run in, I'm going to do this. He said, no, you honestly, you don't. You wait and you see where the space is. And Dennis Bergkamp famously said once, the space isn't sometimes left right or through the legs. It's over. And um, Broadhead just <laughs> filthy stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, real confident finish. I've got a shout. Here's one for you. The um, the Hutchison poke through, um, think nailer to Royster at Wembley. Really similar, wasn't it? Really similar, where he holds him off. Very similar. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, he was away, wasn't he? Um, I think, was it, was it Alan who was tracking him? I'm not, I can't remember. But, yeah, it was just a yeah, really, really confident finish. Did Rushworth almost get a hand to that? I don't know. But, it, yeah, it's just, a, did, just yeah. a really, it's, it's a really, really confident finish. And as, as Joe said, I think, I think he's spot on there that now he's got the, um, now he's got the big man up front to play off again. Um, he's thriving. Absolutely. Um, we'll we'll stick with Joe because he was there, Dave, and we can mm. we can bring you bring you in. Um, but yeah, uh, a shame to um, shame to concede from a set play, of course. And um, just looked like they got a bit confused by it going it going short, and everyone kind of moved right to kind of go with Cabango, and then um, Yates was left on his own. And I was a bit unsure. I paused it a couple of times. Whether you know, is, is it Clark? Screaming in from behind, or Burgess 
um, who was kind of in front of him at the start, kind of struggled to figure out how he got free, Joe. Yeah, it's a difficult one, wasn't it? It looks like he's the initial head of Cabangos between Burgess and Clark, and then great lead, Yates, Joe. Sort of, yeah, great head of Yates is between sort of Wolfenden and Luongo and just sort of runs off the back of both of them, and neither of them know where he is there. But I think Gareth just mentioned the comments, but there was a the ball was clipped into Hladke, and Hladke clips the ball into Moore, and he tries to turn and she's dragged to the ground, and then 10 seconds later, or five seconds later, they're getting a free kick and they're equalizing from it. And it was that was frustrating, but Leif Davis had a real sort of torrid first half hour defensively against. I know Ronald was being mocked for some of his final ball at the time, but there was a foul that Davis did, and a real blatant one. And it looked, it looked like one of those where is he going to get away without a yellow card or not on this one? I don't know. And then the ref didn't even give a free kick, and it was so obvious. And then a few minutes later, Davis totally chopped him down and didn't get a yellow card for that one. And then the third one. He just did Davis again and Davis just sort of pulled him back and it was the third time he'd sort of done him effectively in the first half hour. He'd got the yellow card from it and then they swung it in and scored the free kick. Scored from the free kick from there and it was a little bit similar to the Millwall game at the start where we just kept giving away free kicks in quite dangerous areas and they were probably their most dangerous, their only real way they looked like they were going to score to be fair at times and it was a bit bit silly at times but yeah, we, we, we did struggle in that first half on, on that side of the game. I'm going to sound quite spoilt here, Dave. Um, bit, bit of a tested character, but we've been behind so many times and 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 won. But I guess uh, okay. Let me let me dress up the hyperbole here and say end of a three game week. It's pouring down with rain and all the travel. We could have done with just being comfortable, couldn't we? Not conceding that goal. Yeah, we could. I mean, maybe they sort of changed the angle of the free kick a bit, didn't they? Because it was played in field to, to Grimes, and maybe that changed the angle and threw us a bit how we were setting up. Maybe we were setting up to defend the deep one right-footed in. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's a hell of a jump by that Kabanga. And um, as someone said in the comments there, he shins it. He nearly misses that. He shins it in off the post, doesn't he? He does. Um, Joe... I love this goal. This is an absolutely brilliant goal. Um, I love I love our mix of directness. And Dave's going to answer a bit of both, so I'll ask you. Mm. Is Kiefer Moore told by our brilliant manager in that position, go to the back post and open up the middle of the box for Broadhead and Chapman running in? Or is Kiefer Moore just really smart and did that off the cuff? Do you think that's a... That's a pattern of play they went for. And isn't it great? We were we had to criticise Chaplin for missing that one against West Brom last week. Poor finish. Isn't it great to see him sock one in low first time left footed? Love this goal, Joe. Yeah, I think I think it probably is the bit of both because there he's, it is, more, Dave. he's probably not quite up with the patterns yet, but that is what George Hurst He's on his phone to his lawyer for play. I've got nothing, I've got yeah. nothing left. I've got nothing <laughs> left. But, but that there is how we attack, isn't it? The, the nine is the one that goes on what they call the first line, effectively. So the tens and come on the second line. And Kiefer Moore does that brilliantly. But the ball from Burgess to Davis, it's. I think this is probably the archetypal Kieran McKenna goal, isn't it? Of yes, yeah, effectively yeah. your left back, your your left centre back, and your left back, rather than being next to each other, are fifty yards apart. As Burgess just pings the ball to him in the conditions where, if that ball is is not is not in any way correct, that ball is just going to skid off the pitch and go out of the way. It's, it's got to be perfect, and he just flies up and Leif Davis. It just sort of bounces just as he takes it. his first touch is excellent, and it's just then just gently pulls the ball back with a perfect weight on it so Chaplin can just move into it. He knows exactly where Chaplin's going to be and it's not the first time we've seen Leif Davis goal, Connor, Leif Davis assist Connor Chaplin goal. Isn't it? I don't think it'll be the last, but it's just left foot, 
ping, left foot touch, left foot cross, left foot finish. And those three players are players that have, well, Cameron Burgess has looked like a player who's on his way out when Kieran McKenna games the club and now looks brilliant. Probably an argument he was man of the match yesterday. Leif Davis has become a sort of £1 million player to a £20 million player. And Connor Chaplin is somebody that was a little bit under undercooked, scored five or six goals, wasn't in the team every game to almost sort of first name on the team sheet and just now 10 championship goals this season, 26 league, one goals last season. Yeah, just a serious, serious goal. I love, Dave, I love slick passing football, but there's something thrilling about a direct goal, isn't there? I mean, it's, it, it, we said this and and no disrespect to, to Edmondson, I think, who, you know, in Burgess, while well, Burgess was away, filled in pretty well, you know, but... Without that, he hasn't got that left. We we really miss that. How how you know um, Burgess can open himself up and just find Davis. You know either ping ping it short to his feet, left foot, or the ball he passed yesterday. But as Joe said, the touch, the ball was one thing, fantastic. Just the first touch from Davis was ridiculous, absolutely because he takes it in his stride. He's mid stride when he takes the ball, and um and yeah, as Joe said, you know the cut back just perfectly weighted and. Chaplin, look, he still has to, yeah, he's missed a few lately, but he just goes cold and just a solid finish in the corner. It's a great go. And someone made me laugh on the chat because they said, um, oh, um, so um, after that go, they, um, they said, um, hey, Siri, um, can you describe a typical Ipswich goal to me? <laughs> and literally, <laughs> it's right there, isn't it? It's a thing of beauty, that one. So simple, so clinical, really. In my um, Worldie of the Week conversation, I'll have with Stan Parkin on another podcast I host tomorrow I literally wrote what Joe said I've written um typical Kieran McKenna um girl so I think yeah we're all on the same page there and um Ipswich go in 2-1 up at half time um let's go back to you Joe for your in person um do you want to take us through the, the the bulk of the um second half and hone in on any key incidents I think I think we were the better team in the second half but they, they had a lot more possession and were pushing but I don't really, I think Kladke had a couple of saves to make, one which was straight at him, another one which deflects from, uh, right at the very end, it deflects off Davis and he has to adjust to save it. But we sort of kept doing, I think we were struggling to play out with times and it was a bit scrappy because the pitch was getting heavier and heavier, but we kept trying to do the right things and it did lead to good chances. Keeper Moore had a good chance where he went in on the left, hits it across the keeper, the keeper tips it onto the crossbar it's and it goes out for really a throw-in, even though the ref didn't see the save, gave the throw-in to them. And... To be fair, I needed two replays. Oh, I was behind the goal, so you saw it quite yeah. clearly. It? You probably had a better view than the ref, Joe. <laughs> yeah, really good, really, but really good attempt, really good run. And as you know, but if you give Broadhead the ball in those situations, he, tight, he sort of weights his through balls perfectly on those, which he did again there. Wes Burns had a good chance. Um, Ali Alhamidi came on and looked really sharp again. And mm. it was just um, just those times where I kept, we kept trying to s- score the perfect goal a little bit, where sort of Burns got down the right, passed it to Moore, who had a good chance, passed it to Davies, who had a good chance, and then he passed it back to Broadhead. And it's like almost like the chance was getting worse each after each pass was made. But Luongo was excellent in the midfield. It was He was just winning everything, putting a couple of thumping challenges and looked a real dogfight. And then... Cameron Burgess just won everything in the air in the second half. That, um, like Luke apart from the one that as well. Matt Grimes headed across the Jerry Yates, though. Ooh. Yes, yeah. Apart from that one, but Burgess was excellent. Wolfenden was excellent. It was just a real, and I, I don't know. 
I'm sure people have heard it now, but when you look at the conditions, when you watch the replays back, they don't look anywhere near as bad as what they were in the ground because you can't see the swirling wind. You can't no. mm. you can't see how heavy it is, how, how the pitch is looking. And it's one of those ones where when you get to the end of the game and the final whistle goes, you see how much that win means to the players. It's those 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 away wins. Any any away win in the championship is is very very difficult to come across. And just because we've won nine on the road now doesn't make anyone any easier. But you could tell how much that meant to the players. That was a real getting the job done performance, digging in and getting the job done performance. And maybe overall there wasn't a huge amount between the sides. I'd probably say that the difference between the sides was the second goal, that bit of quality for the second goal. But it was a really, really big win. And you felt that sort of all through the terraces, all onto the pitch and the celebrations after the game as well, where you could tell that really meant a lot to the players. Uh, huge thank you in the live chat to, well, Stephen King's it by the look of it. Uh, David Connie bear with a 10 pound um, super sticker. And I'll say thank you and apologies if I have butchered your name there. Dave, before we come to you, I'll give you the numbers for the game um, as well, and then you can give your sort of summings up. Uh, let me just bring them up on the screen so everyone can see. So, um, Swansea actually more of the ball 59 41 on the possession to the Swans and the XG as well, um, 1.48 to 1. 1.3. Uh, to Joe's eye test, there, yeah, look, 15 shots of piece is you know as even as even can be if it's the same number, but yeah, six shots on target on the goal to three in our favor. Two big chances to one. Um, do you want to, if you, if you want to say anything about the second half, Dave, go ahead. But if not, go into your summings up. No, not really. I think, as Joe said, obviously really hard fought. And um, quite an interesting comment from McKenna in his post-match when he said that that result or the performance pleased him as much as any from the second half of last season. So um, you can see what it meant to, um, certainly what it meant to him and, um, and the players as well. And yeah, you know, overall just settled by that moment of quality at the um well on the third what 35th minute was it 35th minute chaplin's chaplin's finish um yeah swansea i mean they should be all right shouldn't they but they're getting around they're getting sort of sucked sucked into it aren't they 17th 18th now and teams qpr picking up points sheffield wednesday picking up wins so yeah it's all getting pretty tight down the bottom for them but no just so important to win these two games again we said last week these two away games coming up and then Look, it's the championship. We all know nothing's easy, but two very, very winnable home games coming up this week. I mean, we could be sitting... <laughs> that's ridiculous. We could be sitting here next Sunday. What we play, what, what will it be? 34 games, will it? Uh, yeah, 30, yeah, 34 games. And I'm like 72, 72 points. I mean, it's just it's just ridiculous. But yeah, um, great, great, great win in, in the same difficult circumstances. So superb. Just absolute insanity when you mention yeah. that that number um dave um i'm going to start the campaign now um that we're whatever happens this season we're the people's champions aren't we in in terms of you know going up against these three relegated year one parachute behemoths but anyway let's not lower the tone and bring bring that conversation there were some fascinating comments i don't know if you saw mckenna's post-match where he just they basically said oh what do you think about leeds and southampton win he's like well i did you expect them to win every week. They are unbelievable squads at this level. Before you continue, the first thing I thought of, that's exactly what Mike Duff, the Barnsley manager at the time, said about us when we beat them 3-0. You know, you were almost messaging to your own supporters to say, 
if you don't quite realise what we're up against here, mm. um, and Duff said it's the best League One team we've ever seen. And I, I think, Joe, before you finish your point, sorry to interrupt, um, that he was saying um, three of the best teams of championships ever seen. Which they, which they probably are when you look at all the stats from it. And I just thought the interesting thing was at the end when he said, they said, oh, do you feel good to be this team in your position? And it was like, is, would you prefer that? And he was like, no, I'd prefer to have the parachute yeah. payments, the extra flexibility around FFP, the, the ability to bring in players there. And I'm sure if you spoke to all the players in the change room, if there was a chance of adding a bit of extra quality to go alongside them, they'd all say the same as well. I thought it was quite refreshing to hear that answer as opposed to trying to pretend that we're happy to be getting there on one fifth of the budget of the teams we're up against. I had, a, I had a hilarious conversation with a Leeds fan the other day. He said, oh, Ben, Barker is so clever. You see, what he's done is he's put Ampadu into the back four and brought Gruff in. And I'm like, OK, so he's put your 10 million quid midfielder at centre-back next to your 18 million quid centre-back on loan from Spurs. And he's brought your 6 million quid Bulgarian international midfielder in to play with your other 6 million quid Finnish um, I mean, he's a great manager. But anyway, look, I don't want to rant all about that. Uh-huh. We've got um, oh, th- there's bad news and there's good news. And um, bad news, um, ITFC women postponed today due to waterlogged pitch uh, should be in action Wednesday night at home to hashtag. And um, we had a giveaway going in association with Ipswich Witches, um, and it was a ticket giveaway for the Rotherham game. I think it was two tickets, wasn't it? So a big congratulations, and I'm sure he's fed up of this, but Joe's going to sing you some Savage Garden on the way. Um, A big congratulations to Darren Hayes. Uh, Joe, this is the bit where you sing. (laughs) And he's got it. I was on mute, got it. He's got it on mute. And guys, that was, what's that Tenacious D song? It was the best song in the world, but we've forgotten. It was the best vocal you've ever heard, and we've forgotten. We're going to come back the other side of the Innovation Labs promo. And we're going to talk about what went down in the championship in round 33. Innovation Labs, providing co-working and innovation hubs across East Anglia. We're the perfect place for remote workers, freelancers, startups or innovators to do business. Our unique member network creates extensive business development and collaboration opportunities. Hot desks are available from £20 a day or £99 per month, with business coaching also available from £50. Innovation Labs, turning your ideas into multi-million pound businesses. Located in Stowmarket, Ipswich, Sudbury, with new sites in Bedford, Norwich and Kuala Lumpur. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Whether you want to protect yourself whilst online or just get access to more streaming content, NordVPN has the solution for you and are now in partnership with us here at Blue Monday. NordVPN can be your cyber bodyguard whilst you're browsing online, but it also allows you to access more streaming content from abroad like sporting events, box sets or films. With one click of a button, NordVPN can digitally transport you to the US, Australia or Amsterdam. For the price of an ITFC match programme each month, you can subscribe to NordVPN and have access to these great services. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, head to nordvpn.com slash bluemonday or click the link in the podcast description. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, so get yourself a great deal and support the podcast in the process. Thanks too. So I promise there'll be no more admin on this, but we are also in association with NordVPN. Head over to nordvpn.com slash 
Blue Monday. You can find the link in the description if you want to go direct from there. And you can activate your Blue Monday subscriber discount and support the pod in the process. Um, this is your Nord VPN 30-day money-back guarantee if you change your if you change your my chance to keep chance and the first you get some ABBA from me if you don't get any um savage garden from joe uh right guys um pick out what you like from round 33 let me just bash through the results uh west brom nil southampton two saint straight back on the horse carlos corberon red carded in five minutes for entering the field of play we um we i actually had rich on my stream um and i had him on had him on the ifab website all, all the first half to find out the wording of that of that law uh plymouth nil leads two so yes um they all win again leads eight straight victories one goal conceded in those eight games it was birmingham two sunderland one former sunderland manager tony mowbray getting the win over current sunderland manager Mick Beale, who didn't seem to realise he'd sub Trey Hoom because he didn't see him, apparently, to shake his hand as he walked off. But that's his story, and he's sticking to it. Great win for QPR, as Dave's already pointed out. Uh, they win 1-0 at Bristol City, who were fantastic against Southampton in midweek. Uh, Huddersfield 1, Hull 2. Greaves with the double, um, which is something that was said many, many times in the past, but not a centre-back playing left-back for Hull City. Leicester 1. Middlesbrough too, I'll allow it. They've been very good, but a slightly perplexing result from them there. Foxes, Millwall nil, Sheffield Wednesday too, as Dave also pointed out. Um, all not well um, over at Millwall, obviously on the back of our 4-0 thumping of the Lions. Norwich 4, Coventry 1. Norwich points ratio is 72% better with American international striker... Josh Sargent in the team. Worryingly, Preston 2, Blackburn 2. Great goal by Robbie Brady in that one. Rotherham nil, Watford 1. Bit of a thunder bastard for you, Dave, from Yasser Espria in there. Stoke nil, Coventry 1. And there's us at the bottom there. Swansea 1, Ipswich 2. Ellis Sims with the goal for Coventry. Another of the million strikers we were linked with in the summer. Uh, David, anything you would love to talk about from round 33 in the championship? Uh, yeah, I mean, the Middlesbrough, bit of a shock. They went two up reasonably early, didn't they? And sort of held on, um, as you said, at the the, the uh, commencement of the pod, 37-year-old Jamie Vardy notches a typical Vardy goal, but not enough. Um, just going back to Espria, two Thunder Bastards in consecutive games. You see the one he scored against Norwich? I haven't actually, no. I didn't, didn't catch up with them midweek. To make girls. it 2 2, flipping it, yeah. Um, no, I mean, other than that, yeah, I mean, Leeds and both Leeds and, and um, Southampton successfully negotiated what on the face of it were pretty, you'd hope to be tricky games, wouldn't you? But yeah, fair play, fair play to them. Uh, anything to add from yourself, Joe? Just at the bottom, isn't it? Millward and Stoke both just seem to be absolutely yeah, stinking bit... out of the place at the moment. And I think it's really interesting to see the job that Danny Rule's done at Sheffield Wednesday and when you look around and I know it's not something we want to talk about but if the worst does happen with McKenna this summer sort of start looking around at other managers he's one that's really catching my eye down there. Yeah very much so let's have a little look at the championship table Uh, we will go to your questions after this um, ladies and gentlemen so if you can start getting the questions in the chat stick the letter Q 
before it and a question mark afterwards to maximize your chances that I will ask um, Dave and Joe. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a repetitious conversation, isn't it? Just bonkers. Um, the brilliant Chris um, in our Telegram group has come up with loads of stats for yeah. just what an absurd season is this is. We've been having these conversations last season as well about how absurd League One is. We managed to get out of that. But so, yeah, I mean, Leicester is still miles clear despite their defeat. Although, um, Leicester versus Leeds United on Friday night, a Leeds win would drop the gap to six points, which will be by far the smallest that's been since Leicester won nine on the trot going into the end of October. Um, we're on the tails. We've got a game in hand on Leeds. And um, I like Joe's terminology last week. Um, soft fixtures um, sort of coming up. Um, interesting below us as well, lads, if you want to pick up on it. West Brom's defeat means Coventry, Hull, Norwich mm. all closed up. Looks like we've got a real race. Um, we thought it was going to be, because we may potentially finish fourth still, mate, mightn't we? Hopefully, hopefully maybe a place or two higher. But you're looking at fifth place via playoff semi-opponent. We thought that was very likely to be West Brom for the longest time. But how are you feeling about that now, Joe? Yeah, it does seem like it's just those four next four, doesn't it? West Brom, Coventry, Norwich and Hull. Preston North End just don't look like they've got enough about them to get there. And Sunderland under McBeal don't seem to. I think Watford is still a little bit of a dark horse when you look at sort of soft schedules coming up. I think they've got a good run of games coming up that, that might He's be able to He's another but... softie in there, Dave. Yeah, it's difficult yes. to say, but... What's incredible is, like, you look at us, four, 66 points, West Brom, fifth, 52 points, 14 points gap. And the next 14 points behind West Brom is Birmingham at the very bottom of that page. Insane. Um, Dave, anything to add on the playoff picture before I look at the relegation? No, as you say, just looking at that, nice to see some green in the right-hand column for us, isn't it, again? Um, no, not really. I mean... Pretty green, Dave. Pretty God, God's a bucket, but it's um. What, what was I going to say? It's the jam. I know it's the jam. No, no, that was my Paul Weller stroke, David okay. Bowie. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, a bit of a concerning stat you just said about uh, about Josh, Josh, Josh. Can't say it, Josh Sargent at Norwich. I mean, um, hmm. yeah, since he's been back, they are starting what they've four against Watford in midweek, four against Cardiff yesterday. So. Uh, yeah, they're finding some. They're uh, they're finding some form. But look, you know, with their squad, they probably should be. Yeah, amen. Um, down at the bottom, and this pertains to the last thing we're going to talk about on the show today. Rotherham, Rotherham really look cooked, don't they? Um, only on nineteen points from thirty-two games, really, really poor. But as you lads have said, the mid-term trend at the bottom is that Sheffield Wednesday and QPR over a couple of months are better than particularly Millwall and Stoke that you brought up. I know we um you know we we look at the numbers and it it is a race, but if if someone drops like a stone there and um you know gets one win in the next eight games or something, then yeah we could see a little I'm not sure I'm not sure I'm not sure Millwall have got midweek, but on Saturday they've got Southampton away. <laughs> well Dave remember so, it's not a full round in Midweek, it's a catch up. I know I it's a only catch up, so maybe they're not play midweek. Right. Yeah, looking, so they're... looking at Rotherham as well though. They've had 15 away games this year and they've picked up four points on the road so yeah. far. This it's is as, an easier game as you're ever going to get at championship level <laughs> and you've got to make sure... On I'm paper. Sure, like, <laughs> on paper, but the, the manager will not be treating it like that. The players won't. We'll be doing 
exactly the same as we always do. But Neil says I'll... referee Stroud is making an appearance on Tuesday <laughs> as well. But but ultimately, that's that's a game you just have to win. For every everyone has to beat Rotherham at home this year, don't they? Yeah. So we get into the questions on uh, Joe's just scared me. There's probably football fan mentality that isn't it? When you when you when you see a statistical anomaly like that, you think, oh, well, let's be the exception that um, that proves the proves the rule. Um, right, what shall we? Where shall we start? I'm scrolling up. I'm looking for questions. While I'm doing that, please hit the like button and tell us that you're enjoying the show. Always like to start with Norman, Dave. Um, it's May. Town have made it to the playoffs. Both Hurst and Moore are fit to play. Dave's going 4-4, F in 2 You're right, mate. 4-4-2, <laughs> without doubt. Batter them, two up front. Exactly. <laughs> bat, batter whoever it is into submission. Um, I, I mean, it's a hell of a... Almost that's an impossible question. You'd think that you'd think that it'd still be more because you, you, you just don't think that Hurst would be fit enough and up to and up to speed by then unless unless there is some sort of, you know, uh, he comes back sooner than we think perhaps... Before the end, well, after Easter, it will be virtually one. It's some. It it'd probably have to come back um, halfway through April, and by the sound of it, that's that's unlikely. So you'd think if he's fit, you would it still be more. Um, Michael, do you think Ali is going to be? Uh, I did listen back, and I did butcher his name last week, Dave, didn't I? After mocking you for doing it, egg on my face there, didn't I? Um, do you, not for the first time. Do you think Ali is going to be a fans' icon like Shefki Kuki? Um, Joe. Yes, I, I I love everything about him so far. He just looks like he's fitted in so quickly, just with the group. He, it's a confident, confident boy. He's, I know he's he's obviously come very close to scoring the first couple of games. He's won the penalty, scored that in the third one. He came on yesterday and just ran the defenders into sort of into areas they didn't want to go in. He's winning a throw in in the sort of the ninetieth minute, then turning around and giving it the sort of big come on to the fans. He looks a real cult hero type plan I, I don't think it's going to be a lack of confidence or self-belief that is going to <laughs> cause him here because he looks like he's got that in abundance and, and that's what you need he stepped up two divisions but he, he doesn't look like a player who stepped up he looks like a player who's been part of our squad for a long time and a player who is going to make an impact here yeah I'm really really excited by what he turns into and what well, what he already is and what he's going to turn into he's going to make an apology to Dan and Paul um, and anyone else asking about your potential teams for Rotherham, I'm going to ask the boys in the Rotherham section about that. So we will skip over those questions. Um, I'm going to stay with Joe as well, because there's a Keith Moore question, Dave, and you've just answered one. Uh, Joe, do we look to sign Keith Moore in the summer permanently? <laughs> he, he, he looks good, doesn't he? It's a difficult one, because I don't, I don't know how, because he's obviously on a big Premier League contract. So if we stay in this division, we're not going to be able to afford to sign him permanently. And if we go up, is he the right player to sign as a Premier League team? I don't know. If he scores a dozen goals between now and May and leads us to promotion, then yeah, you probably do look to sign him because he has obviously worked so, so well in our system and you've got him with one foot in the door. But yeah, I, I think that's just one that you just have to play, take it as it comes on that and see see how he, see how and where you end up. Um, Steve, <laughs> are we in danger of overconfidence, RE Rotherham United? I must admit, I know we were taking the mickey out of Joe there. It is a psychological nightmare, this, isn't it? Dave, because um, you look at it and it is not, quote, to use Steve's word, overconfident. It's very logical to assume that based on a lot of evidence, Ipswich Town at home to Rotherham should result in a home win. So 
I think the immediate premise is um, what what is overconfidence, um, and I, I just think given how fastidious our um, manager is, you, you you wouldn't imagine that would be allowed. But you can't, you, you know, you, you can't help but go down that minefield of oh my god, you know, what happens if we mess this one up? No, I know, but I know you can't compare two seasons, two seasons alike. But it's probably the same situation. Would it be going into games? this time last year against Forest Green and teams like that where, again, they're struggling at the bottom, struggling for points, not great away. And, you know, we, we all those games we just went into with the right mentality and just rolled these teams over. So, yeah, yeah, it, it's not overconfidence, logically. And logically, um, I, I saw a question in the chat about, um, uh, you know, squad rotation. And, yeah, I think they're, as, as Joe said, I think up, especially after the, the conditions yesterday, there'll be rotation on, there'll be a rotation for Tuesday, but we should have more than enough. I know someone just said there, <laughs> mentioned the Maidstone word, but perhaps, you know, different narrative, FA Cup, different different narrative altogether, I think that one. So, um, yeah, I would expect us to be, to be absolutely fine on Tuesday. I guess the difference with last year is when we were playing the Forest Greens and the Morecambe's at home, there was a massive disparity in the quality gap. That True. isn't as big against a team like Rotherham. I know they're obviously struggling, but they do have players who are decent players at this level. And we have players who are good players at this level, where last year we had exceptional players at that level and they didn't really have decent players at the, at the level we were going up against. So it is a, it is a, it's, it's not going to be as easy as we made those games look last year, but we should still be able to turn them over. Uh, where should we go to next? Um, is six points a must for our next two home games? Joe, I never, I never like to go past the um, the two points per game. That you know, any two games, if you're getting four points, is is good. And you, you know, as much as one of them might be might be rather them at home, and you 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 assume you're going to double up, but this season. Aidy might have a might have a point, mightn't he? Well, yeah. Ultimately, if you if you want to get into the top two, which I assume from the position we are in, everyone is pushing for that now. Even whether internally they're talking about it or not, I'm sure they're just following the one game at a time mantra. But yeah, these are these are the games that we've sort of had penciled in the schedule. This is the area where we need to make hay to to push on, and you, you've got to try and win your home games, don't you? If we win all our home games left, we'll get to 90 points. Uh, Sean, we can answer this a bit better. I'll give you a short answer with three letters. Will Rotherham come to PR and park the bus? Yes. Um, and we'll we'll talk a bit more about that um, in a few minutes. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, da, 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 da. Let me just find another question. Uh, streaky, Dave. Um, Burns for Hutch. Is now our best start in 11? I believe so. The classic 11, Dave? Yes, I still I still think so, just about. I mean, Hutchinson, I think, has just improved immeasurably since, since you know, the but since we saw him at the start of the season, just his general all-round game, his awareness, his, his, um, I think we were talking very much on the pod a few months ago about perhaps his final ball, etc. But, you know, now that's improved. Um, fantastic young player. But, yeah, I think... I think yeah, still our strongest our strongest starting eleven is is still is still Burns just purely perhaps for his directness, but what an impact Hutchinson has! He's absolutely fantastic. And again, if there is if there is more rotation and someone else misses out on misses out on Tuesday and Hutchinson Hutchinson starts, then I just haven't got a problem with that. Um, 
Joe, HCH, does the team have to change its approach in games when Al Mohamedi comes on for more to make the best of him? I think they probably changed the approach a little bit for more in the first place. So um wouldn't be a stretch to tweak for um Al Hamadi. No, I, I, well, I think you play the situation, don't you? And when you've got more there, you are more likely to get the ball into the box a little bit earlier to try and work those wide openings where Al Hamadi is going to be running the channel. So you probably you just you just play what's in front of you, don't you? If he's made a good run into the channel, you're gonna you're gonna play the ball to him like we did when Kiefer Moore made a good run into the channel when Nathan Broadhead played it to him. But if Al Hamadi's managed to peel onto a fullback at the back post, you're gonna probably try and stick the ball on his head because he can cope physically. So it's just. It's just one of those things, isn't it? Whoever's there, you're going to play to. Very, very much so. Um, thank you for all your questions. I think we will move us on and talk a little bit about Rotherham to um, round this lovely podcast out. Um, let me just bring these fixtures up just so we can get the full picture of the schedule into how this all works. And it's back-to-back three-game weeks, isn't it? So, obviously, starting with home to West Brom and then the scheduling, not ideal last week in terms of, you know, as Joe pointed out, the game being on Wednesday rather than Tuesday and then back-to-back away games. But now, I suppose if you take the rough with the smooth, you've got the smooth this week with your with your two home games. Um, to talk a little bit um, about Rotherham, I think we... We probably all know Rotherham a little bit too well, don't we, Dave? Over the last um, over the last few seasons, and they've been they've actually been a club that a lot of people should admire in respects mm. of the. I remember them getting relegated in 2018-19 along with us, and we were utterly pathetic. And they took it right down to the end of the season yeah. and made a profit in a league where nobody um, ever makes a makes a profit, do they? Because everyone's you know, throwing money down the drain left and right. Obviously, you know, and um, fans get very upset with these types of comments, but the natural level of Rotherham is probably in stasis kind of somewhere between Championship and League One. Maybe the same as our natural level is somewhere between the Premier League and the and the Championship, so. you yeah. know, um, fingers crossed. Um, but... They made a bit of a mess of it this season, I think. They obviously um, had Matt Taylor in replacing Paul Warren last season and then they went away from Taylor. And I don't know, Dave, how does it look when you bring in someone who was the champion in League One halfway through a season when you're struggling at the bottom of the championship when, when Liam Richardson comes in? To be fair, it's spend a bit of money in, you know, in context. And again, I'm not being patronising, you know, sort of transfer a record level money. Who was the lad from Exeter, Joe? Nombe. Yeah. I think it spent a bit on somebody somebody else's as well. I can't remember quite who in, in the in the close season, Dave. Um so that's about the size of it with Rotherham. But they've got nineteen points. This I mean, awful, it's Joe, awful points total. I think Joe hit the nail on the head. They're away record. I mean, they've, they've drawn four, lost 11. I mean, they've only scored, scored nine goals away from home all season, conceded 37. So there's issues. And that's a half decent. Well, <laughs> sorry, sorry, they've only won four all season. But I, I think including them, I, I think we remember they beat Norwich, I think. I think. God, didn't they draw they with us and, and Leeds at home? Leeds, yeah, yeah. Drew, drew with yeah. us. That like, yeah, last minute, didn't they? We, we Taylor scored a sort of 
P-roller, didn't he? About which yeah. he thought was a winner, and then um, yeah, someone lashed one in the top corner, virtually the last kick of the game. Christ, a, I think that was a geezer. Yeah, that was a gutting gutter that was. But yeah, they just they absolutely had a had a had a shocking. See, look, they're 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 adrift. They're down, aren't they? So yeah, I mean, I know you. you I know what, what we have said tonight that we should logically we should have more than enough, but yeah, I mean they're going to come. Yeah, they are going to. You'd think they want to be playing for for pride, pride. Well, they're not obviously not mathematically down, but they're going to be playing for pride. They are going to. You'd think defending numbers and um, yeah, you know, look, let's face it, we've all seen these games before in whatever level that if we don't get an early goal, perhaps we don't get a goal in the first half. I used to say we won't. Um, things can get. Edgy, but yeah, we we should have more than a we should have more than enough. Yeah, they've just had an absolute shocker, haven't they? Anything to add on um, Rotherham before we look at our teams, Joe? Um, I, I will try and add a bit of jeopardy. Sean Morrison can throw a ball absolutely oh, yeah. bloody miles, can't he? And um, we're expecting a we're expecting some big lads in there. Um, Charlie Wyke obviously was with um, Liam Rich before, wasn't he, at Wigan and the aforementioned Nombay, uh, in fact, why don't I just bring it up so you guys can see it, Tay started the goal scoring in the last game, Andy Rinomoto was a sort of decent championship level player for Reading um, and Cardiff um, sort of back in the day, um, have I had any jeopardy for you, Joe? Not overly, no, I think I think Richardson's come in and has got them sort of better set up defensively and they've been in a few more games but they're still not found a way to get over the line so it's just important that we just create them like I say we, we give them the respect we set up mm. to play them we set up to beat them and, and if we do all that correctly we will do so it's just a case of making sure that we do that the game is going to be a, a different type of game to what we've had it's going to be one where they're going to stick 11 men behind the ball and say come and break us down and try and hit us on the break which is difficult because they have got a bit of well, a tiny bit of pace on the breaks people that can hurt us in that way and it's just making sure we stay switched on to that Let's do it then, um, Dave. I'll I'll start. Fladke and goal. There you go. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you'd think the same same back four. I, I would think. Um, I mean, I know Clark. There's still been talk about Clark perhaps struggling with his Achilles injury, but I think he's been superb these last two or three Dave, games. Surely, actually. if I Absolutely take superb. Joe's words to the nth degree, if ever you're going to rest some players, this is the game. And obviously, the best thing that ever happened was. I remember walking into Southampton earlier in the season, looking at my phone. Oh, he's, he's oh, changed yeah. five players. What are you doing, boss? And then walking out two hours later, <laughs> yeah. having one nil away, one one oh, nil away. So, are you so in that respect? Team? Potentially Twanzebe in for Clark. If if there is still a doubt there, other than that, I don't see I don't see any other changes in the back back four particularly. Um, you would think Morsey would Morsey will start. Maybe um, maybe um, Travis will get a start. Instead of instead of Luongo, and then it's um, more 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 will play up top, no doubt. And then it's just the uh, you know the 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 you know the ten and the the, the two wider the ten really. Um, yeah, you would think there'd be some sort of rotation there. Um, um, Burns sorry, perhaps. Will, I'd, I'd have thought Burns will Burns will start as he didn't yesterday. I do a good name drop, um, Joe. I remember talking to Kevin Phillips and him saying to me. You never want to be rested in these games. If you're Broadhead or Chaplin, you're like, right, I've just scored in the previous games. I desperately want to play at home to bottom of the league. Yeah, and Chaplin's obviously 
haven't scored for a few weeks. He's got that goal back. Broadhead scored three and three. I, I personally, I'd, I'd, I'd be quite happy to see the same team go out there again. Maybe you put Burns back in for Hutchinson and have Hutchinson in the second half coming in to try and break them down if we need to, because you've got him and Sarmiento that come on and do that. But yeah, I, I don't think much is going to surprise me when I see the team on Tuesday night. I, I could see Hutchinson in, Sarmiento in, Burns in, um, Al Hammond even getting a start. But I'd, I'd, I'd be, I'd more expect it to be basically the same team as it was. I think we we know how it went last year, where effectively we did a lot of rotation over that sort of December January period, and once we got into this, we really hit our strides, and it was just the same team week in week out where we could go from there. And I think it will be that we we are a sort of sixteen man team, though, aren't they? When you look at the subs, it's always Samiento, um, well, Harness or Jackson is one of the other ones, and you're just using the same players week in week out. And I think we're gonna I think we're gonna need that, and. Um, yeah, Travis, I think you're going to get in for Luongo because Mass has played sort of three games in a week and that was a real, real heavy pitch he was playing on that second half yesterday and sort of faded out of it a little bit and we haven't got the luxury of having Jack Taylor fit at the moment. Um, massive thank you to Gary. £10 super chat in there. Thank you, Gary. Great um, great supporter of the channel. Muchly appreciated. Um, Dave, you've just got to tick the physicality box, I think, with your 11 in this one, haven't you? They've got to be able to, um, you know, if you if you're a Rotherham fan looking at this, you you think you might win from a from a set play or a counter or mm. something. So pace and power still needs to be a consideration. So. Maybe when you're thinking about the likes of Hutchison and Samuelito. And also, I know you know you said about breaking deep. You know, it's it's nice that we've got because. You mentioned Morrison, big, big unit and the big units at the back. But, um, you know, it's nice that we have got more there now for a, not so it's a plan B, but to play, you know, if if we're not, if we're not breaking him down, just to perhaps go a little bit more direct and play off him. Wonderful. Um, we've got a little bit more time left. So um, I just want to kind of check in with how you're feeling now um, about this promotion race, because I'm sort of bouncing back and forth and um joe i think my my coping mechanism makes me a lot of the time go oh well you know we're in this situation where we've got these three other three other teams and whatever we do i can still be proud and blah 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 and that's my kind of go-to to avoid disappointment we all do that in life don't we we, we set ourselves up so we're so we're not going to be um disappointed um it's not entirely plausible that what Southampton have just done in terms of a 22-game undefeated streak and what Leeds are currently doing in terms of an eight-game winning streak are just going to continue ad finitum. I'm not saying they're going to, you know, all of a sudden drop, but some kind of regression to the mean is um, is sort of likely. So um, in the back of my mind, I'm, you know, it's like we're we're still here. We're a really good side. Um, our man Dan in the um, Telegram puts out those excellent graphics of right who have we played, who have we beaten, and you know you can you can win a promotion based on completely beating the crap out of everyone from tenth tenth downwards and picking up some good results here and there. How are you feeling about this, um, Joe? And do you understand my emotional turmoil in how I process it? Yeah, well, what you say about beating the teams from like 11th downwards, I think that's what Leicester have done, haven't they? They've got 49 points out of 17 games against the teams at the bottom of the table. They've literally just beaten every single team down there. And it's just... But I'm, I'm, I'm Sorry, in the same 49, as you. So 
out of a potential 51, they've got 49. Yeah, that's 16 absurd. wins in a draw against a oh. sort of bottom half of the table. But I'm just very, sounds a bit sad, but sort of very proud of the team. I, sad, going to I feel exactly us. the same. And if if we don't have enough this season, well, it's going to be disappointing because we're going to end the season with a huge points tally. We're going to get 90 points plus, most likely, aren't you? When you, when you look at what we've got left. And if that's not enough, it's not enough. And that, to be fair, I know it's a little bit different, but last season I was saying the same when it was like, if we get to, if we get to 95 points, we don't get promoted. Well, then... Although we were, we were the ones with all the money last season, season Joe, weren't we? Bit I know, but it, but it was just like... if And the same with Southampton get to 95 or Leeds get to 95. Someone, like this season, two teams are going to miss out on promotion automatically with a massive points tally in the same way Sheffield Wednesday did last year. And it's it's difficult to to not to care but to worry too much if that happens you've just got to you've just got to do all you can do and the thing that gives me positivity is the fact that this squad and this manager and this staff know how to manage this running know how to manage a running when you can get yourself on a roll and from this point of the season where we just can try and just push on and keep going I, I, I don't see in any way that we're going to fall off I don't I don't see that there opens a six seven point gap between us and the top three I think we'll stay right with them all the way and we've got that experience of getting over the line and I say I'm sure it, it does it does seem in the media that we are being a little bit written off there it is just Le- Leicester Southampton Leeds is mostly what's talking about but and that, that doesn't bother me that's fine it frustrates me at times when you hear it but Ultimately, I know that Daniel Fark and Russell Martin will not be writing us off now. That they see, they know how good we are. They know where we are, and we're going to have chances to sort of put dents in Southampton's hope when we play them on Easter Monday. And if we if we do what we can do, if we keep playing as we sort of have been playing over the last four or five weeks, if, most importantly, if we keep our main players fit, then we've got a great chance of getting in that top two. And if and if we don't, we're now going to be no one's going to want to play us in the playoffs, are they? This feels like a season where no one's going to want to play anyone in the playoffs, though. <laughs> it just looks like some horrible ties all around. But them, them's the playoffs. Dave, what's your response to my um, my monologue and um, Joe's thoughts? Yeah, very much along the same lines as Joe. Really, whatever happens, we've had an absolutely will have had an absolutely unbelievable season. Um, look, it's going to take a fairly big drop off even from here if we don't finish with at least like 85 approaching 90 points i think someone posted if we win all our home games alone we'll get 90 points i mean it's just it's just absurd when you think about it so yeah i think we you know you've got to look upon this season as just whatever happens is an unbelievable season no matter how it finishes and um we've just say punch like they say punched above our weight but just to be a mere punching with these with these um parachute teams is just just incredible and just a testament testament to the to the well not just the manager the whole squad really isn't it it's just absolutely incredible and um yeah look if it's if if it's a playoff it's a playoffs and we and we deal with it um but yeah look i haven't i certainly a bit like joe i haven't ruled us out of top two by any means um Interesting game, interesting game at Ellen Road on on you know who's to say Leicester won't go there and um, and avenge their defeat at um, at defeat at Leicester a few months back. So um, yeah, yeah it's, it, whatever whatever way you look at it, it's just an incredible season and it's so mirroring to a degree um, last season, isn't it? Amazing, isn't it? And oh. Joe, I was going to say um, there will be a surprise somewhere, even if Joe the surprise. 
is Leeds and Southampton don't let up and you have three teams on 100 points. That might be the surprise. So it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, riveting, um, it's a riveting spectacle when you take out the predictability of the um, broken financial system in English football that we've talked about way, way too much. I mean, whatever this season, the team that finishes third this season is going to be like a big kick in the nuts, isn't it? it really I hope is. they get bloody Mark Robbins over two legs in the playoffs <laughs> with Carlos Corver on a team. Honestly, Sorry. honestly, it, re- it really is, though, isn't it? Oh, my God. We're going to yeah. say a gargantuan thank you to David, David. Bergine in the, in the chat. You shouldn't have, David. 50 euros on the super chat. Um, that's his beer, that's his, he's over this weekend. That's his beer money. Dave, what are you doing? But many, oh, there many you thanks, go. mate. Hopefully um, we beer, can catch beer, up. Beers are on us. Um, Joe, last word on that. Just just enjoy it. Just this team is special and you won't you won't see a team like this again anytime soon. <laughs> so just just enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah. Um right. So on the podcast this week, um another three-game week. Uh, we have got Tuesday night match reaction. That will be with Mikey and Seb. And hopefully there's lots to talk about because then Rich can run home and join them and make it a um, a three-piece. Uh, Birmingham pre-match will be on Thursday. Also, I think um, I'm speaking to some of our Telegram subscribers in the roundtable chat this week. So imagine that, guys. You get to talk to me. I mean, what could possibly be worse, hey? But no, seriously, join the Telegram group. We've done regular roundtables. Um, uh, I've hosted one. I think Rich has hosted one. Joe's hosted one. Um, and you come and chew the fat and essentially you can be on the podcast. And they've been really enjoyed. So just another um, reason to join our wonderful Telegram group. Uh, Birmingham will be the pre-match show, obviously, on Thursday. And then we'll be doing the flagship. I'll probably be staring at these two lovely faces, although it's half term. I've got a house full now, haven't I, for the week? So I may, my beard may be a bit greyer. The bags under my eyes may be oh, um, a, a little bit bigger. Um, last word from you, Dave. Let's hope another six point, another six point week would be marvellous. Give me the points, Joe. Do you want to sing us some Savage Garden or something to play us out with? No, no, I'll only be singing Super Kira McKenna at full time on Tuesday night after another three points. I want to stand with. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurant. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.